What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Two Smart Dummies podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marcus, with B-Reed. What's up, man? What's up, man? Already starting off stuttering today. You know, I was hoping you were just going to let it slide, but, you know, of <laughs> course, you being the nitpicker that you are. Um, I've been trying to do a better job of catching your flaws because you always seem to catch mine. I want to Oh, now I'm about to. This whole, this whole, this whole podcast is going to be fifty cent level petty. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that that's a whole different. He just raised the bar <laughs> on petty. I I strive to be that. Is that a word? I aspire to nah, be that petty. Yeah, I, I strive. I missed that one. Uh, it, it's funny though because he made a good point. He was like fifteen dollars a ticket. It's only three three thousand dollars. <laughs> I mean, so it's not really that big of a deal. Yeah, he didn't help it his shows, pocket that much. Yeah, I mean, and it just shows how much Jaw Rule has dropped down for like front row tickets are fifteen dollars, which I probably I probably pay fifteen dollars for a Jaw Rule concert. See, I don't, I don't like front concerts, row. so he ain't getting my money. I don't know, you know. That's not a bad deal. You know, Ja Rule has a pretty nice playlist. That's neither here nor there. Unless I'm just saying for Ashanti is coming out good... to give me a big kiss or something like that, not interested. Hey, you never know what you'll get at a $15 concert <laughs> with an old, <laughs> uh, old Murder Inc. You, you, know? you got a fair point. Is is Irv Gotti still alive? Do you know? Yeah, Irv Gotti's still alive. Irv Gotti, um, you know, he's still involved in business. He had that show on BET, which was supposed to be taking, like, rap, rapper story and turning them into like shows, it it sucked, but mm. I watched it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. All right, man. What are we getting to this weekend? We got a lot going on as far as uh, the NFL trade deadline, which has been more active in, than in years past. It almost looks like the NBA trade deadline. Yeah, and just FYI, uh, we're recording a little early, so there's still about another hour to go in the trade deadline. We might so break we some might news. We might break some news. We might miss some news. But So, first of all, uh, I know there are people are out there who wonder why you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan, and I think that you talked about on the last episode. So, explain why you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan, then we'll go into Golden Tate and how that helps their team. Well, I'm an Eagles fan because I'm in Dallas Cowboy country, and I hate the Dallas Cowboys. But, you know, I wasn't always an NFL fan. I watched college football. When I got into college, I was looking for a team. And the only team that they – they show a lot of NFC East games, NFC East. I didn't like uh, the Giants. Eagles had Donovan McNabb. It pretty much came down to the Eagles with Donovan McNabb or the Titans with Steve McNair. And I just tended to like the Eagles a little bit more because they had – Deuce McAllister. Yeah, Deuce was a bet. No, not no, not, Deuce Staley. Not, not Deuce McAllister. Deuce yeah. Staley. Yeah, they had Deuce Staley. Uh, I think Corey Bocalter and um, Brian Westbrook. That was back when Brian Westbrook was like a kick returner, but that was the three-headed monster. So that's what made me like him. All right, so Golden Tate moving from the Detroit Lions to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. You excited about this? Yeah, I'm pretty excited, man. You know, they said that the Eagles gave up a third-round pick, but the Eagles have, like, two second-round pick and should be getting some compensatory picks because of the free agents that they lost. Um, so they had a little bit of cushion to go out there. 
But the offense has really struggled this year. It's not like it was last year. Um, Wentz looks a little rusty. They're out there with Jordan Matthews and playing B-level receivers. And Nelson Aguilar, you know, he's up and down. He had a great season last year, but it doesn't surprise me that he's went back to form this year. I think Torrey Smith was a bigger weapon than we thought he was. He blew the top off the defense. So I like that Golden Tate can come and play the slot and allow Nelson Aguilar to go more deep routes. I think it should bring more versatility to our offense, especially since we don't have a run game. So I think Golden Tate is going to be huge for our offense. What did you all give up for him? Was it a third? A third-round pick. Yeah, third-round pick in 2019. So Golden Tate is worth a third-round draft pick. Demarius Thomas, who was traded from the Denver Broncos to the Houston Texans, which if you're a fantasy football fan to have DeAndre Hopkins, uh, that's a great move. So, because uh, he can't be double teamed. I mean, they, uh, we're not even going to talk about fantasy, just mm-hmm. in general. Well, he can be because I don't know if Demarius Thomas' production still says that he's a dominant wide receiver. But you got to pay attention to him. You got to pay attention to Kiki. You got, I mean, so it opens up their offense like it did with Will Fuller because if you don't, I mean, you know, he's not going to take the top off the defense. But um, I don't know, man. I think Demarius has lost a step. I mean, you look at the weapons. You got Emmanuel Sanders and Corlin Sutton. Demarius Thomas has lost snaps to Cortland Sutton. Sutton? Cortland Sutton? Sutton out there? Yeah. Yeah, so... I don't know how good Demarius Thomas is at this point. He might have aged rapidly. In well, he always uh, has a case of the dropsies, but I still think he is a very good player. Um, I think Demarius and Decker suffer from those Tebow years, you know, stretching out for those bad passes. <laughs> I think it might have damaged. Man, one career. thing that I don't think people realize is like I know I know people don't give love to white receivers, but Eric Decker was good. He, yeah, in he Denver, was. he was if he would have a better good. quarterback. In his prime, when he was really good, I mean, he had some bad quarterbacks. He suffered a lot of bad quarterbacks in his career. He could have been a lot better. Yeah, and as I as I remember, you know, with him and with Denver, you know, even with Tebow, I mean, I just remember like wondering where this dude came from. Eric Decker was a beast, and Demarius Thomas was a beast. And then when Peyton Manning got there, it was a whole new ball game. Um, you know, anyway. But even when they had Peyton Manning, though, he was on the downside of well, his career. But that, that wasn't a Peyton Manning. Well, that first year, though, he came in and he was breaking records left and right. He he threw fifty touchdowns in a year. That first year with Denver, I mean, they were he made. We found out, you know, who Julius Thomas was. Demary, I mean, all of, all of a sudden, you know, that that led to the Seattle down, right? <laughs> yeah. So it was all for nothing. So anyway, man, but and. Well, speaking of white receivers, I keep see, seeing uh, all these top five rankings, uh, and I still don't understand how pe- how someone cannot have Adam Thielen in their top five right now. How is that possible? I think that the, he, he didn't come in with the fanfare as these other receivers, so it's just they don't give him the respect. I don't know if it's because he's a white receiver. I think it may just be because he's an undrafted free Well, some people agent, think Diggs is still up. better. I I mean, and Diggs is talented. Diggs, I mean, I think Diggs is more ta- Diggs is more talented. I don't think that's an argument. Right. But Thielen is a better overall receiver. I mean, talent, yeah, you can have a more talented receiver. I mean, you could say Jerry Rice probably wasn't the most talented receiver ever, but he knew his craft, and that's how kind of how Thielen is. Thielen is great at his craft. He runs excellent routes. And it's kind of like people loving the – I don't want to say the Warriors because they're dominant, but 
trying to think of a team that people really like, but then you kind of overlook the Spurs because they're just methodical, technical people. Well, it was like the morning. Lakers back in the day, or the Mavericks maybe. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, you like the Lakers. Everyone loves the Lakers, but then quietly the Spurs dominated the two right. thousand. Right, we have know, the so. same amount of rings, and yeah, I mean, just did just as much damage. So, um, yeah, man, but I think, you know, people are putting Mike Evans ahead of him, and Mike Evans is great. I don't think he's better than Adam Thielen, or at least his production. That A lot of that is his quarterback, obviously. Speaking of that, before we... Well, for two sec- two consecutive years, I think Adam, Adam Thielen has led the NFL in receptions. Yeah, and he's already started off with, um, you, what, eight straight 100-yard games to start the season? No one's done that since yeah, Calvin know, Johnson. And I know he has the most targets of any receiver in the NFL, and I'm pretty sure his catch rate is. So I would say that he's probably on track for third straight year of leading the NFL. So you're going to have to start putting him in that top ten. He's probably the best receiver right I now. I wouldn't go that I mean, far. You got Julio. Well, I mean, who's going to – you got Julio. Julio can produce, Hopkins but he can't get there. in the end zone. You got Hopkins, who's really good, but he hadn't put up the numbers at Julio. I mean, at Adam. What do you mean? Had. He put up what fourteen touchdowns, and I, I want to say that Hopkins was either top two or three. And this was doing it with a worse quarterback situation than Thielen. I mean, well, I'll, but that's another thing. You know, I'm gonna say Hopkins is the better receiver talent wise, but I don't know if statistically over the last three seasons he's blowing Thielen away. Um. Before we get back to get back on topic, I'm gonna ask you this one more time, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Do we see Jameis Winston with the Bucks again, and do they re-sign him? Well, at this point, I think it's over. Yeah, <laughs> they gave him a shot going back to Ryan, Fitzpat- Ryan Fitzpatrick, knowing what you're getting with Ryan Fitzpatrick. If you're not willing to stick with Jameis now, I mean, because you're they're pretty much the same quarterback. Both of them is hit or miss each week. But by them going back with Ron Fitzpatrick shows that they're probably done. Well, Jameis threw some of the worst picks I've ever seen in my life. Um, I mean, he was, there was times he was just throwing it straight to the other team. I mean, there's really nothing. I mean, Jameis, I think Jameis is done. If, I, if I'm the Bucks, I just ride it out with Fitzpatrick no matter what happens. I mean, this season's kind of – you're not – But, I mean, what do you do? In the draft, the draft isn't going to be quarterback heavy. It's not going to be like this year. So you're, they, they picked the worst years to do this shit. Like, they should have moved on from Jameis and drafted a quarterback this year. That. This was the quarterback yeah. draft. This is when they should have got one. Next year is not going to be a quarterback draft, but now they've backed themselves into a corner where if they don't get a free agent, they're going to have to sign Jameis. Now, I would trade for, like, a Teddy Bridgewater or something, but that's me. Obviously, they're not trying to do that, but – what are you going to do? Because the draft is not going to be quarterback heavy. I think they only got that one quarterback from Oregon, uh, Herbert. Oregon who is saying he's saying he's going to stay. Oh, is that right? That's what they're saying. They're saying that he's leaning towards staying. I mean, you got a couple more weeks, but they're saying that he's leaning towards staying in college. All right. Getting back on subject, um, let me ask you something. If you're a team and you realize that Golden Tate went for a third. Demarius Thomas went for a fourth and a seventh. Also getting back a seventh pick. Um, and Josh Gordon went for a fifth. Are you shocked now that Oakland got a first for Amari Cooper? And I get the upside. I get the age. I get all that. But would you have given up a first for Coop? Uh, I don't think I would have given up a first for him. But as I said last week, the problem with that is which teams are doing it. 
I mean, if you're in a bidding war, for one, Philly offered Oakland a second for them. So do you want to go against them when the NFC East is wide open right now? You know that it makes Philly better. Um, you have Dak's extension coming up. You need to get him some weapons to actually see what you have for Dak. Because right now, Cole Beasley is his best receiver, and that should not be so. So you have to put weapons around your quarterback. If I'm Dallas, I would have given up a first for Cooper. If I'm another team, so it's kind of situational. Um, but if I'm Dallas, I would have definitely, especially to beat the Eagles, if I know that the Eagles are offering a second and I have to give a first, well, I'm not going to pass up on them to make the Eagles better than me and then not have a move to make. I mean, so they they were kind of back. Amari Cooper with the Eagles would have been close to unfair. Um, yeah, because he, he's the one to take the top off. The well, defense. it's not even like, that. Really? Yeah, he is, you know, a speedster and he can get open. But Amari Cooper runs great routes. I mean, he can get open pretty much at any time. Um, and he's pretty much always open. Um but like I say, he's been playing with a baby back bitch behind uh, center who won't throw the ball. Um, so more car hate alert. I mean, Derek Carr had a good week this week. He showed that he showed that flash of 2016 um, uh, franchise quarterback Derek Carr. But I'm still next week, this Thursday against the 49ers. I'm expecting uh, 21 for 25 game with 106 yards passing. So. Um, you know, anyway, but I, I just think that Dallas get. I mean, that's a lot to give up. That cause... see, I don't, I don't. I mean, yes, first are a lot to give up. But number one, you don't really even value skill players, and typically, what play people take in the first round is skill players, and unless you're at the bottom half, and then you can trade down, whatever. You know what I mean? But Dallas is pretty set on their offensive line, even though they're struggling this year. They're dealing with some injuries. I don't know if they're going to go draft anybody for it. Um, the defensive line looks great. They have great linebackers. They've done well drafting linebackers, and their secondary looks good. They have a good defense right now. They have Zeke. They have offensive line. You have a quarterback. What are you really going to use that first round for? So why wouldn't you? Why would you waste that first round pick to go get like a Gallup or somebody that you don't know anything about when you can get an Amari Cooper that's already seasoned and he's young? So I I understand people wanting to save their draft picks, but if I can get a young player that's productive. Why do I want to draft a player and take the chance? I'd rather get what I know with a team like Dallas. Maybe. I'm still not convinced that being on the Cowboys plays to Amari Cooper's strength. So Now, I don't think that he's going to have any one-catch, one-target games like he did in Oakland just because you know Dak will throw him the ball and, and he's not always a baby-back bitch like Derek Carr. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, you know, I, I'm curious to see how that's going to work out, and I'm obvi- I'm obviously hoping that Dallas loses every game they play, just like Chicago. So, um, well, I'm not rooting for Dallas either, but I will say that it does feel like to me that Golden Tate would have probably been a better fit. No in doubt. Dallas and Cooper would have better been a better fit in Philly. I think that they, if they would have swapped, it would have been better for the team as a whole because it fits the quarterback strength. But I do like about Golden Tate is he like he's like one of the better third down receivers in the league, and he can convert third downs. Now Eagles need that, but Dallas Cowboys really need that with Zeke to stay on schedule. So I think if they could have got if they would have, I understand trying to stay young, but if Golden Tate was available for a third, I think Dallas would have been better off taking Golden Tate and letting the Eagles have Amari for that second. I agree because that was the only way that Oakland was getting that first. So. Um, 
we'll see how the rest of the season goes, man. I, I, I'm uh, I'm curious to see who does what um, and if if this trade actually helps Dallas. Because again, I I don't I think Amari Cooper is a great and talented receiver, but I just don't see that he's gonna. I don't think he adds two or three more wins to their uh, to the win column for Dallas. Well, and another thing, it looks like that Gruden is going full-on rebuild, just accumulating draft picks, taking the whole 76ers approach, and just building from the draft. Um, how do you feel about that as a Raiders I'm here fan? for it. I am here for it. You know, at first I was pissed with Khalil Mack, and I got it. I, I finally was able to, you know, come to grips with that because um, I would have kept Khalil Mack over Derek Carr, but we'd already paid Derek Carr, so, you know, it is what it is. But, um, no, I, I think that this is the fastest and probably the most efficient way to rebuild um, is to acquire. I mean, how many other teams have five first-round draft picks in the next you know, over the next two years? You know, I, I, I would hope that they trade Bruce Irvin. I would trade anybody who can make a difference. I would keep Derek Carr, and even though he's a baby back bitch, I would keep him and see roll the dice, see what you have with him for another year, and use those draft picks to – you know, build the line. You obviously need to run him back and continue to build that defense. Well, it's funny because even if he wanted to trade um, Derek Carr, I think you're almost forced into keeping him because, as I said, the draft isn't looking like it's going to have a lot of quarterback prospects in it. Um, I don't really see a lot of great free agents coming out at quarterback. Uh, so it's kind of going to be a, a real bare quarterback market I mean, you may get a couple of backups that creep in there, but yeah, I think the best decision will be to keep Derek Carr. It's kind of the only decision that you have because if you do go out there and put around some, put some talent, Derek Carr could still. I still feel like Derek Carr with weapons can still carry that offense with a bad defense. I mean, at the end of the day, Derek Carr. It's it's very hard to find a franchise quarterback in this league, and you know Derek Carr has shown signs, and you know all these people are saying cut Carr. You know, I, I if if there's an opportunity to trade Carr, if Jacksonville or Tampa Bay called and said we'll give you a first and a second or a first and a third, I'd strongly consider it. Um, but other short of that, getting a package of picks, um, I mean, I think the best move is to roll with Carr and just, I mean, because like you said, I mean, like I said, Sunday he showed signs of being able to be that quarterback again, and um, we'll see. So I, I'm I'm here for it. Gruden's got the security to do this. Um, it's kind of like college. Like, you know, you come in and you say, these aren't my players. This isn't my team. I want to draft who I want or who I need in place. I want to build this team the way I have. And, you know, I've got a 10-year contract. Give me three years to rebuild it, and I'll, and I'll get you there. So I'm willing to give them that. Well, let's move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They went ahead and committed to Blake Bortles and gave him a, what, four-year, $40 million contract in the offseason just to bench him two weeks ago and then for them him to let them down this Didn't week. Didn't you say that was the best that? Uh, bargain, the best contract in football, the best bargain for a QB in football? I still think it is. I just think his offensive coordinator is shitty. I mean, it's hard for a quarterback. Me, personally, I don't think Blake Bortles is trash. I think Blake Bortles is in the same position as Derek Carr. I think he can be really good um, if the offensive coordinator and the coach believes in him. I mean, what they run is really simple, and they only run crossing routes. <laughs> I mean, that's it. That's all they run. They run several crossing routes. That's I it. have watched this motherfucker throw balls off linemen's heads more times than I'd like 
I mean, than you'd like to see out of a six-five quarterback. I mean, how do you do that? That's some. I don't understand. Like, yeah, there's plays where you're like, oh, Blake Bortles is good, and then there's plays where he throws it directly off a of lineman's head, his own lineman's head. Keep in mind, and you know, he's a turnover machine. He, you know, he's not Jameis Winston turnover, but he's close. Um, that's the difference between him and Carr. Carr at least takes care of the ball for the most part. Um, I just don't think Blake Bortles is any good. I just, I just don't. He's got what three consecutive? Well, three they're always seasons of four. They're always yards? down, and you know they've been there. When you're in garbage time, that's the time to put up points or put up yards. But, yeah, I don't know. I just think he gets a bad rap. I think the offensive coordinator is really bad. <laughs> I think their offense is really bad. I think they have a lot of weapons out there, but if you're not calling the plays to trust. Um, trust the team you're calling safe plays when you have a quarterback and you can't live with their mistakes this is my whole thing about quarterbacks if you get a quarterback and you pay a quarterback you have to live with their mistakes he's still young he has to grow and learn from his mistakes but if you continually call those bs plays then that's what's going to happen he's never going to grow i would like to point <laughs> out never that a couple him. weeks ago we did contenders pretenders and you had jacksonville as contenders and i had them as pretenders that defense has kind of taken a step back. That offense, I mean, you laid it out. That offense is anemic. So, uh, And the funny part is that they looked good early in the season, using their weapons, easy throws out the backfield, you know. And I don't know what's changed. Meanwhile, Houston has won five in a row, possibly going to win six in a row yeah. this uh, this week. And then even – So this is my thing about Houston, though. Houston – you got Jacksonville, but now Jacksonville's down again. So your competition is Jacksonville, the Colts. Look good with Marlon Mack healthy. They the Colts do look good, and they've won two in a row. Yeah, but but then again, they blew the the game to the Texans by going for it on their like their own thirty yard line. Yeah, <laughs> so they're a shitty team. They're in a shitty division. That's what I'm trying to say. I mean, it's hard for me to take a lot from that just because their division. It's just like you're arguing with the Patriots. The Patriots can get in because they're in a shitty division. It's been the same thing with the Texans over the last three years. No matter how bad the Texans are, they can get in. Now, Jacksonville did show up last year to kind of take some of that away. But now Jacksonville's reverted back without Fournette. I mean, that whole team is built around To Fournette. be fair, that division has never been good. I mean, it was always Tennessee or Indy, mostly Indy. Um, yeah, that division hasn't been good ever. Jacksonville, for the most part, has always stunk since the 90s. I mean, they had some decent times where they won 10 games with Jack Del Rio, but mostly that division was dominated by uh, Tennessee and Indianapolis, mostly Indianapolis. So, I mean, it's never been a strong division. You know, it's never been the AFC North. It's never been the NFC East or the NFC North or really any other competitive division. So I would say that, I mean, that's probably been the worst division in football for the last 25 years. So do you think so? I assume that you don't think Jacksonville can turn us around when Fournette comes back after the bye. I mean, they still have eight games yeah. in a. Shitty I mean, yeah, division. they're three and five. Um, you know, everyone in that division besides Houston is three and four or three and five. So, you know, and they're they're only two games behind Houston. So, I, yeah, of course, I don't think their season's done. But you know, when you lose four in a row. Um, well, you kind of distracted me. We're getting into deep a deep dive on Jacksonville football. That's not why I brought up the Jacksonville Jaguars. Obviously, I bought them up because they went over to London and you had like three players get held for not playing like a bill 
to like at a club strip or something. club they didn't want to pay the strippers <laughs> yeah they owe like sixty thousand dollars i think they said it was like 60 no, or 40, six, 000, 60 40 grand or 60, and old barry church and yeah. his boys didn't want to pay up <laughs> and they got held up at the airport i mean i would understand that if you're like the eagles somebody that goes over there it's like you know, every five but years. Jacksonville, but is Jacksonville literally goes over there like twice a year. How the hell are you not going to pay your bill? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, you are basically the London Jaguars and everyone knows you. You've been doing this forever. I mean, that's just some silly shit. That's some. I mean, what do you do? What do you what do you even say to that? Then then they got just straight up dominated. So I don't know. I think they're a dumpster well. fire as always. I don't think they're a dumpster fire. I think what happened is they went and they got a coach that um, is a defensive-minded coach and who wants to play it safe. And it all works when you have a Leonard Fournette, somebody that can keep you ahead of the chains and pound the ball. This is very similar to what happened to the Cowboys when they lost Ezekiel Elliott. You know, they look like a dominant team when they had that running game and you lose Zeke for one year and you find out what you really have. And that's kind of what's happening with Fournette. This is a new NFL. You have to be able to pass the ball. If you're paying your quarterback, that quarterback has to be able to drop back and throw the ball. Because today, you can't just win games 9-6 to six anymore. Those days are over in the NFL. You have to be able to throw the ball. And until Jacksonville gets rid of Marone and gets someone in there, that, or he needs to get an OC that can design an offense to make it easier for Blake Bortles, they're going to struggle. Point blank. I um, am wondering how many good coaches or how many good offensive coordinators are actually in the NFL because it doesn't seem like there's a ton. Well, it takes a it takes a lot to become Steve Sarkeesian. You don't just wake up in the morning and be that great. Steve Sarkeesian is great? Yeah. Oh, is hell it? no. Are you on the sauce <laughs> that he was on? Y'all, better, y'all drinking, hey, buddy? Man, he leaves that, power, that powerhouse Atlanta Falcons. They don't have any weapons, and he's still getting it done with nothing. Man, shit. <laughs> All right, before we get off uh, off the NFL, real quick, I do want to ask you about this Le'Veon Bell situation. Um, did he fuck himself? Because James Conner has come in and, and been very good. I mean, I, I still say he's no Le'Veon, but, I mean, he's been just as, if not more so, productive through nine games, um, you know, this year as Lev was last year. So did he fuck himself? See, I don't know how he can. I mean, that's the point. The point is that he knows that the Steelers aren't going to pay him. So if he knows that the Steelers is not going to pay him, then why should he care? It only benefits him if James Conner is productive. Two reasons. Number one, if he comes back, then he knows that he's not going to get the bulk of the carries, which is going to preserve his body. And number two, it makes um, the Steelers less likely to try to want to control his rights. So when he comes back in week 10 or whatever, then they'll just let him walk because they know that they have James Conner. But then what, Le'Veon, what do other teams say? Are they are they going to say, are you other, a system running back? Because, bro, other teams are not going to say that. You, ha- you always have teams like the Cleveland Browns. You always <laughs> have teams like the Jets. You have the Raiders. You have a bunch of teams out there that I guarantee you that right now, if Le'Veon Bell came in right now and signed his contract, he could get traded. Nobody's going to say he's been sitting out or he's a system running back or none of that shit. They're going to pay him. You might be right on that. No question about it. <laughs> All right, man. The Jets offered Kirk Cousins $30 million guaranteed. And <laughs> Kirk Cousins said, nah, I'm good. I'll just take this 
this money from the uh, Vikings. I'll use your deal to get Shit, money. From I don't the blame Vikings. on that. The Jets will offer him a contract. Um, all right, man. Let's move on to some college football. Uh, the Big Twelve was kind of screwed over with uh, Texas losing, um, and has really put the Big Ten in the driver's seat um, as far as making it to the college football playoff. What you got to say? Yeah, man. With the, um, you know the. The AP poll comes out today. I don't know what time. Is it already out? Not. I mean, the, um, the college football playoff poll? Uh, no, they're going to do it tonight. tonight. Yeah. yeah. So um, when I was watching college football, it was already giving Michigan like a 41% chance to make the playoffs, and OU had like a 26% chance. That was with the prospect of Texas being a top-10 team and OU playing them um, and beating a top-10 team at the end of the year. So without that, with Michigan having one loss and the only loss being to Notre Dame, that puts the Big Ten in the driver's seat. Now, Michigan still has to play Ohio State, which I don't know if they can beat Ohio State. But if Michigan gets past Ohio State, I think they kind of cruise to the playoffs, and you're going to see Clemson, Alabama, um, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, and Michigan in the playoffs. But we still got a lot of football. We got some big games this weekend. Alabama plays LSU. Georgia plays Kentucky, which is an underrated matchup. Um, so I think there's still a chance for some teams to fall, but definitely Big 12 has the lowest strength of schedule with a one-loss team. Now, if the ACC loses, Clemson loses, it changes. But if you look at the Big 10 and the Big 12, then Big 10 definitely gets in over the Well, Big it looks 12. like Clemson has hit their, spr- their stride. Um, you know, So that team that they were the first you know month of the season, they look like they have kind of – Right, the right at the ship a little bit. Yeah, they do, but you just never know with them, man. I just don't believe them. When the conference is that weak, it's hard to believe in them. Like I said, all that about the Big Ten, but I don't truly believe in Michigan. I think it's all it's very possible that Michigan goes in there and they lose by twenty to Ohio State. I'm not sure if Michigan's played Penn State yet, so. I mean, it's all up in there. We still got a few more games to go. Anything can happen. This is the time of year where you start seeing big upsets in college football. Um, so we'll just have to see how it plays Well, Michigan out. plays what Penn State about- this weekend, and then they finish okay. with Ohio State uh, Thanksgiving week. Yeah, so, I mean, Michigan has some tough matchups ahead because Penn State's a tough team. Um, now, I don't know if their quarterback's going to be there because he was hurt yeah. last game. He went out in, like, the second quarter. And they so lost. It'll, it'll, yeah, it'll depend on if he's back or not. But what do you think about that LSU-Bama matchup? Do you think LSU has a chance? I mean, LSU always has the talent. Um, I Coming off a bye yeah, week, though. I, <laughs> I've Bama. just never sold on Ed Orgeron. Um, I'm just, I think Ed Orgeron is a great position coach. I think he's a hell of a recruiter. But it goes back to the same thing for me that they struggle with with Les Miles, that I just don't think he's a very good offensive coach. Or, excuse me, um, uh, head coach um well really offensive coach too but um but that's it's not, not a job that's yeah what you got um for. i i think lsu's really good i don't think that they're better than alabama um this isn't the vaunted lsu defense you know with honey badger and patrick peterson and all that uh so i'll never say never because you know sec west games are are like that and, but I just think this Alabama team, while they do have a, a, a suspect defense, I still think they'll be able to put up points. Yeah, I mean, I just don't see anyone beating Bama unless Tua gets hurt. If Tua, as long as Tua is up and can throw the ball, 
I don't see any team beating Alabama. I'm talking about any team in the nation. Um, Georgia had a chance to do it last year, but that was with an elite NFL caliber defense that they no longer have. Um, I just think that, you know, Alabama's going to coast to back-to-back championships while two was there. I mean, that dude sees things on the field, and he's actually using these Bama receivers in a way that they haven't been used in a long time. Well, they got a bunch um, of Calvin Ridley's all of a sudden. Yeah, that's why I was, everybody's lucky that they don't have Calvin right. Ridley yeah. right now. I mean, if they had Calvin Ridley with what they had now, it'd be a lot worse. And they're averaging like 40 to 50 points at halftime. So this is a dominance that we hadn't seen from Alabama in a long time. It's usually defense run orientated, and that's not the case this year. Right. So uh, I think we're shaping up to be a good to to have a good season uh, finish. Although I still think University of Central Florida is going to be get fucked over again because they're undefeated. And I just don't see a, a path for them getting in. Um, so, breaking news: uh, Ty Montgomery, your guy, has just been traded to the Ravens. I'd have, <laughs> they must have really been. I'd have traded his ball. ass too. <laughs> Instantly. <laughs> Instantly. I want. I want. I'm be interested to see what they got. Like they probably gave them a. The, pick Ra- to take the Ravens them. traded a seventh round pick in the 2020 draft. Damn. So basically, they just gave that motherfucker away for free. <laughs> That's like a, a compensatory yeah, they pick. Literally, they, I mean, they literally gave nothing. They traded him for an undrafted free agent that they didn't want to call right. on the phone. Oh, man. And according to reports, you know, <laughs> the Packers were done with him and he was done with them. So, uh, well, it is what it is. So. I'm sorry I changed the subject. I did want to say I'm going with the upset this weekend. I think Kentucky is going to beat Georgia. You think so? Just getting back on subject. Yep, I'm picking Kentucky to beat Georgia in an upset. I really like this Kentucky team. And it's not just like pure talent. They just fight hard. They play hard. They fight hard. I love teams that play hard, that fight hard. Kentucky hasn't been this good since Fat Boy. Oh, what was, Jared. Oh, what, what was his, his name? name? Jared Lorenzo. Lorenzo that's it. That was man, <laughs> the legend. Man, uh, if I saw that dude playing arena football yeah. at like four hundred pounds and still yeah. running around like he was. If Donald y'all McNabb. want a good time, do yourselves a favor for if you if we got some young listeners out there who don't remember, uh, Google Jared Lorenzen. That dude was an offensive lineman <laughs> playing QB and was just killing him. Yeah, he was. He was nice. So, uh, <laughs> all right, you know what? The quarterback version of uh, what, what was the right? Oh, Sebastian Janikowski. Uh, you know what? Yeah, the quarterback. And he version was on of the Giants or something for a couple of years. He had like a backup career in the NFL. So, uh, you know. Yeah, but he he wasn't about that getting shaped oh, no. life. That wasn't. No, that just wasn't said, it. The only thing I need to work out is this arm. That's it. So, That's it. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Let's get to the dessert. We got. Oh wait, do we want to touch on the World Series at all? I want to touch on the fact that, you know, we talked about last episode how it wasn't popular. And it was a short series. I think it's 4 1. It was <laughs> all of yeah. 4 1. I'm not even into baseball, but, you know, I called it was a pretty good game in what game mm-hmm. three or four where they were, um, the Red Sox were down in LA like 4 1. Then they came back to tie yeah. up and See, win. So it seemed, well, I was going to say, so and one of my problems with baseball is one of those games lasted seven hours and went like 17 or 18 innings, and uh, I don't give a damn. I ain't watching that shit, okay? <laughs> I'm not. 
Yeah, they have to. They're gonna have to figure out a way to mold baseball to consume to to be consumed in a shorter period of time. I know you have all these baseball loyalists and um, purists. Um, I would say that they you should have let them just keep taking steroids because I don't like baseball, but I damn sure watched baseball during that era when they were hitting home runs out the park every week. Like. I, I watched a lot of baseball games, more baseball than I watched in my life during the Sosa, McGuire, Bonds era. I watched the um, the uh, home run derby. I watched all that shit. And as soon as they cracked down for the purists so you can still have these 3-3 three, three games, I mean, to me it's similar to NFL purists coming in and saying, you know what, I don't like this spread football. You should be running the ball and punting on third down. You know? <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> I agree. You know, that's what it, it looks like to me. Instead of just saying, you know, we're just going to go with this. Now, steroids is illegal, but I don't know, man. You got to, you got, they got to do something, man. Cause it's, it's really I still bad think right that now. next to the WNBA, that baseball is the worst marketed sport out there. <laughs> um, you know, it's just, like I said, Hey, the the WNBA tried. Well, WNBA is actually in the middle of a dispute right now. They're about to have a lot their first ever lockout. In case y'all didn't know or care, um, coming up yeah, over mm-hmm, salaries, uh, salaries, and really yeah. the 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 players are just wanting them to market the team more. And Adam Adam Silver says that they're going to put more into the WNBA, but the problem is, man, and I I hate to say this, but and because I I actually like the WNBA, I'll watch. It. I mean, you know, you and I both love basketball, so. Um, but there's not a demand for the WNBA. I watch it when it's on, um, and I could probably name more players than, than the average guy, but there is just not a demand for it whatsoever. And the funny part about it is I don't really know how they fix it. The reason why I don't know how they, why they fix it because I think they're doing a good job of trying to bring eyes to it. They brought in sponsorships. They to bring the in players more money. doing it. They were the first to... Yeah, they first did that. They they mixed the um, WNBA players into the NBA All Star game. They don't have the uh, M- they don't have their season during the NBA season. They have it during the dead time of the NBA. <laughs> you know, and people will probably watch the Big Three before they watch the WNBA. So I don't really know what else they can do. They're not even competing directly with the NBA, and these players make so much more money overseas, but they want to be home. I mean, if you could make, I mean, if you make a hundred thousand dollars overseas. But you can make fifty thousand dollars here doing the same thing. That's why well, they play honestly, here. it's not even but that they still comparison. Go it's like, so they yeah, yeah it's, it's no no no. Lower. Well, the WNBA, I think, uh, like the players in um, if, when they play overseas, they're making like five hundred k. Some make a million. Um, but over here, I think like the the lowest set, basically you're making anywhere from forty to eighty k. Um, over here, which is a stark drop off, unless you're like Elena Del Don, who has her own shoe, so she's getting paid by Nike. Candace Parker, you know, if you're one of those people, one of those players who can bring in revenue um, from somewhere else, but there's there's legitimately only a handful, and and I just named two of them, like since Lisa Leslie, Cheryl Swoops, you know, Rebecca Lobo, the the founding mothers, I guess. Yeah, but all the players that are going overseas aren't making that because. Overseas, they have roster limits. It's kind of like the old NBA where you can only have like two black dudes. <laughs> That's how it is overseas. <laughs> like overseas, you can only have like one, maybe two um, non-citizen on those rosters. So you, you don't have a lot of players well, playing that, with each other. And that's the fun of playing with basketball. for like international play. Like there's, there's leagues that the girls playing over there. But like. 
No, I'm saying in those leagues per team. You can't oh. have four or five Americans on those teams. No, Brittany Griner is on she a team. She plays in Turkey, yeah. You know, yeah, you don't you can't have multiple players from the WNBA from America on these teams. There's only limited spots. So not all these WNBA players even have a chance to play in legitimate leagues yeah. overseas. It's only your top tier talent. So if you look at your top tier talent, you look at the top 10 to 15 players and they're probably getting good contracts overseas. The other ones are playing in like Bolivia and well, Central that's Mexico. True. That, and, that's actually very true. But you look at like a, a very good player like Liz Gambage who plays for the Dallas Wings. She's an Australian native and she can go over there and play. I, does that count against her? No. She's no, a citizen. She's a, she's a yeah. native of Australia so she won't count. So they can get one more American yeah. on the team. So like Skylar Diggins can go over there I think they call it naturalized play. citizens. Yeah, and yeah. you know, but like I said, I, I mean, I didn't plan on spending any time on the WNBA, but I just, you know, it's crazy. That I, I really wish people would watch it because if you do like, I mean, but a lot of people don't like that, you know, below the rim. You know, some people have said lower the goal to nine feet, I, you know, <laughs> but whatever. It's not really a bad I idea mean, because I mean, if that gets them to dunk, I guess. But also, like I said, I like to see Skylar Diggins play. I like to see. Um, uh, I don't want to butcher a name, but. Abumake for the uh, Sparks. I love Diana Taurasi. Like I legitimately love watching Diana. But what if Taurasi went to the rim and yammed on that? In her prime, I mean, Taurasi's already (laughs) the goat. So in her prime, that would have been nasty. Man, I I saw Taurasi at Connecticut do a fadeaway on the baseline, left hand jumper for game. In like the Tarasi, game, like Maya Moore is right, good. right on her ass. I mean, Maya Moore is great. I mean, yeah. there's there's a lot of talent in the WNBA that just doesn't get showcased, unfortunately. I, I'm, hey, I'm with this lowering the goal idea. A little mess with their shots is kind of disrespectful. Right, to women, you know what I mean. But you want to bring in viewers. So I was playing basketball today, actually, on on uh, on the campus here in Fayetteville, and uh, man, I tell you right now. So I I play with a few few of the girls for the. Um, for the Razorback, the Lady Razorbacks and uh, Lady Hogs and uh, man, them girls can ball. Can't do shit with me in the post, yeah. but they can ball. So, yeah, I mean, the girls are and they they can shoot. Oh yeah, out. their shooting yeah. is incredible. Um, but they're gonna have to do something to make the. It's kind of like the argument with baseball. It's gonna have to do something to make the game more entertaining. I know you don't want to, you know, be disrespectful to women and then say hey, lowering the goal and. You got to do what you have to do to bring in entertainment. You got to make the sport. But there are women who can if, dunk on ten NBA feet goals, though. I mean, too. so you know. But but I mean, it's like saying, would you, I wouldn't watch a basketball game from like the seventies <laughs> right now. <laughs> so and those are all men. It's not like a men woman thing. Like I'm not watching any basketball and I don't see a dunk. I get mad at watching the Heat. And that's my favorite team because they rarely dunk if White's not into the game. We watching the '60s Celtics <laughs> out there, just. Yeah, I don't want to see all those hook shots <laughs> and mid-range jumpers. Man. I'm not here for that, man. <laughs> I hit my quote on mid-range jump shots. I mean, I just watched a, a game on that basketball level. Oh, and by the way, I need to correct a mistake. Last week I said Spencer Haywood was a rep. It's Haywood Workman. Oh, I hell. Wrong. But, <laughs> yeah. but, yeah, man, I don't want to see all those mid-range jumpers, man. But, anyways, let's move on to the NBA. All right, so Golden State Warriors, ninety-two points. Will or will not score two hundred points? Man, in the see, season. I thought Paul Pierce was just straight up crazy when he said that uh, three Warriors were going to score fifty points in the game and they were going to score two hundred points. I was like, this motherfucker is smoking, drinking, 
something on TV and somebody needs to arrest him. And uh, and so I got got a call coming in on the office line. Uh, everybody mm. all upset here. Uh, I felt like I was going to <laughs> I heard that ringtone. <laughs> got, got, some, got somebody who wants me. Um, but anyway, man, uh, is this good for basketball? I think it is. I mean, I like it. Those dudes scored 92 points, shut it down at halftime. Well, a little bit into the third quarter to get Clay's record. But they ended with 150 points. Yeah, well, the they, pulled, they pulled the dogs so, off. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that means the backups dropped like 60 points. <laughs> but I do want to ask this. <laughs> like, like, yeah, the scoring's fun. I get it. But here's my issue. They still gave up 124 points. Like, is defense Draymond kind of said nobody plays defense in the NBA and that was kind of the, the 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 people who don't watch or don't like the NBA it's like no one plays defense no one cares you know black guys getting paid too much or whatever like it's just I it's, 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 it's out of context though because it's just like when you watch an Alabama game and then you see the final score is 65 to 34 and you're like oh man they scored on Bama but literally, all those 34 points came with third string in. That's what happened. They were up 92 to, like, 50 right. at half. So, yeah, they scored 120 points, but they were literally playing against Quinn Cook and something McKinnis and Jonas Jarepko. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So, the Bulls starters should have been able to put 60 to 70 points on that team. I mean, they're playing, with, they're playing against D-League players at that point. Yeah, I just, you know what I mean? When you look at the Lakers giving up 122 points a game, you know, they gave up 125 last night. Like, I mean, yeah, everyone likes scoring. Everyone loves it. But at some point, I also want to see good basketball. You know what I mean? Like, I just do. Like, I look hard, at a player like Kawhi Leonard who's making no-look steals and am trying to figure out, like, how can we get more of that? Now, I don't want a 70. I don't want a 79 to 76 game like it was in the 90s. But, man, I mean, give me 110 to one one. You know, one hundred eight or something. Play some type of defense. Yeah, but I mean, there's a there's a big difference. For one, you got a West Coast team going to the East. That's always going to be a problem because the West scores way more than the East, and the East doesn't have that type of firepower overall. So that's one problem. The second problem is this freedom of movement rule has pretty much taken out any resemblance of defense right. the NBA has had because now it's almost virtually impossible to stop these dudes coming off the of screens. That's why they used to have, like, James Harden be the point guard and carry the ball and Curry play him off the ball some so they can come off of screens. And then when they come off the screens, you know, they hold them and pull them and grab. They taking all that out. So now not only can you not touch them, but you're getting hit by Draymond Green and another seven-foot dude. So you got to get off the screen to guard these dudes. That's why Clay can score fifty because you can't touch right. him. Oh, Reggie Reggie Miller. I don't know how you defend that. that. I mean, Reggie Miller <laughs> and Rip Hamilton would have been absolutely unguardable in this this league. Yeah. Jordan, if you couldn't touch him off a of, if you couldn't touch these players, that's why Jordan. That's why they always say Jordan would have averaged a lot more. So you can compare Jordan and Kobe and all these players, but they play in a lot different time. A bit a more. This is a that was a more physical game. Like you could do a lot of stuff on the ball, you could do a lot of stuff off the ball. You can't do any even the stuff you could do last year off the ball, you can't do. That's it. and it's just you can't stop dudes. If you give a dude a full step to catch the ball, you are not blocking his shot in the NBA. I don't care who it is. It's gonna be Markel Foltz, whoever you think cannot shoot. That dude averaged like 30 in college. Yeah, and it, you know, it's kind of crazy to see because, you know, 
all these all these young bucks who think that uh, that the old guys couldn't play in today's league are just absolutely wrong. You know, I my my buddy, um, his son I think is sixteen, and uh, <laughs> his argument is LeBron's the goat. Jordan played a bunch, uh, just played against a bunch of white guys, and I I, <laughs> I would sit there and look at him. I'm like, man, you have no idea how good Michael Jordan would be in today's NBA. Like, no idea. But I give him the benefit of the doubt just because when I look at 80s games, it's kind of how I feel. Like, I have an argument with my cousin all the time because he just doesn't respect Larry Bird. So I can kind of see where they're coming from because me growing, um, being born in the 80s and looking back at 80s games, kind of like kids being born in the 90s and looking back at 90s games, those games weren't in HD. So when you're looking at them, they look super old to me so i can imagine how old it looks to people that grow up with hd and cable tv yeah i mean so, that and that's that's a fair point i mean like you and i won't watch a game from the 60s or, or early 70s but um you know <laughs> you know i yeah i can't imagine a, when you see those shorts and a dude dribbling down the whole way with one hand and going to the, when you see jerry stackhouse can only go right and put up 45 points i mean it might skew your vision a little I bit mean, well I didn't say everybody could play today. I just said that the greats could. Larry Bird would be a, a monster. Today. Oh, Jerry Stackhouse is definitely getting oh, buckets. No if doubt you can't about touch it. Because you definitely can't stop him. Man, from going could you right. imagine Grant Hill? Grant Hill today? I mean, I don't even. Penny Hardaway today? My God. Yeah. But even somebody that's low key like Kevin Johnson might Kevin, average forty. Oh, oh. And see, and that—that's <laughs> what I want all people out there to understand. Like, there are are players that I think of right now who literally make me shudder if they played in today's NBA. Like like a Gary Payton, a Jason Kidd. I mean, those dudes in today's league when you can't touch Steve Nash, in today's league when you cannot touch them, can't breathe on them, I mean, you would see a lot of 200-point games in. I mean, I think the players were just so much more skills or skilled, you know, back then. Today it's about about athleticism. Back then it was about pure skills. Yeah, but on the flip side of that, you know, you kind of you 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 got to play with what you're you got to play doing your decade. So I would also say if you brought any of the players from this day and age to the '90s, even though it was super physical, it's kind of the same thing that we say about bringing Jordan here. Like you brought a player like Curry. I hear people say, "Well, Curry That's couldn't play lot. in the '90s because it was just too physical." That's crazy because his shooting is something unheard of. It's like something out of this realm. Reggie Miller was the best shooter during that decade, and Stephen Curry broke his record like it was nothing, and he's still breaking that record to today. So you had spot-up shooters. You had players that weren't even athletic, but they could shoot the three ball, and they were valuable. Players like Steve Kerr, you know, um, J- Judd Bushler. Judd Bush- <laughs> you have a – I know I, I always end up naming Bulls because they're the – they come to mind the easiest, but you have a bunch of players like that. But I was watching um, Sharif Abdul Rahim. What's his name? Sharif Raul. Nah, 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 that's the big man. Yeah, Raul. Yeah, no, Chris the Jackson. one from um, the one that got kicked out for yeah, Chris, Chris Jackson, Jackson basically. Raul. Yeah, yeah, Raul. Yeah, so he looked like Curry. He, wa- back he was then. the pre-Curry. He, he, he was. Yeah. Phil Jackson said that he took all the shots that Curry made. I mean, now no, we've never seen the range that you know Curry has or anything like that. But I mean. That there was dudes that you could, I mean, there are dudes right now that would just straight up be dangerous today. 
Um, you know, I, like I said, I think the NBA is in a great spot. Um, I think there's more talent than ever before, but I also think that, man, Carl Malone, Charles Barkley, them dudes going to come in here and kick y'all's ass if we was if we had the ball. <laughs> so, you know. Well, we got way off subject. Where were Going we? Going back to the initial yeah, question. How do we get here? <laughs> Will the Warriors score 200 points Damn, that's this what we were talking about? and have three players score 50? <laughs> Yeah, we got way out. Uh, no, I can't see it. I mean, shit, they put up ninety two and a half, but I, the so so this is my thing. Let me let me tell you this. Though. So right now we saw them score ninety two points in a non competitive game against the Bulls. Right, they scored ninety two points at halftime, so they didn't have to play anybody. On top of that, at that point in time, uh, Curry had like twenty three. Clay had like fifty. Now, take that team that you have today and add DeMarcus Cousins where you literally have to play defense on DeMarcus Cousins because if you don't, he will score 50 on layups. And if you play defense on him and double him, then he can literally kick it out to Steph, Clay, Kevin Durant, and Jonas Jarebko to just shoot wide open threes. How do yeah, you stop Yeah, but that? I think that... Um... I also think that in order for a 200-point game, three players scoring 50 points in a game, I think that they've got to be playing a team that's going to put up like 180. Houston Rockets. Now, that could happen. That could happen. Um, Uh, Oklahoma City, if Oklahoma City's playing very well up to their talent. I mean, that could happen. If it's a competitive game, but if it's a game like, like last night, yeah, they were up forty. I mean, they. I mean, they're not going to risk getting people hurt. You know what I mean? They're they're just for two hundred points. I don't see it. But yeah, if it's if it's against a healthy Houston squad, then maybe. All right. Well, my next question in the NBA: LeBron, they lost again. Where they're two and five. Um, LeBron was asked in the locker room, um, "How is he when he loses his patience?" And his response was. You really don't want to be around me when I lose my patience. Do you read anything into those cons- um, comments as early in the season? Because he looks frustrated. Yeah, to me. I mean, I mean, I- I've seen him have more patience than this. He, this is probably the quickest I've seen him frustrated. Yeah, but that's what's gonna happen when you when you're playing with Lance Stevenson and cat like Rondo who refuses to shoot. You know. Brandon, Brandon I mean Ingram. Ingram can ball when you give him the ball, but yeah, it's just one of those. See, see, but, but I don't, I don't think this is the on the court. Yeah, issue. I mean, there's clearly like, something that's going on a, in that locker room that Bron is not yeah, happy about. Because if it's an on the court issue, LeBron can fix that. But my problem with LeBron going to the Lakers, why I didn't think he would go there, is because that team was completely immature before he got there. Um, Lonzo and Kuzma doing rap beefs and. Clowning each other with little Melo all involved. That's one thing. You got Brandon Ingram who thinks he's a thug. <laughs> then you go and you add Rajon Rondo and Lance Stevenson with JaVale McGee. I can't even imagine the Shout out to JaVale McGee, though. Because he is, and I he's bet balling. you that he's not even close to part of the problem. Because he's he plays hard. And, I mean, you really don't hear anything about the dude. You know. Ooh, shoot. So, another breaking news. Rams add Dante for a third round pick. Uh, Rams add another. Yep, for a third round pick and a fifth round pick, a third in twenty nineteen and a fifth in twenty twenty. That's gonna be dangerous. 
man, the Rams just got a got better on their defensive line. That's gonna be crazy. Um, so where were we? Uh, yeah, I I just think that I think that L.A. they a they don't have any shooting, which is a problem. I, but they've got a lot of young talent. But I think LeBron went to the Lakers assuming. I still think that he assumed that he, that Paul George was going to be there. See, I don't think that he assumed that Paul George was going to be there. I think he tried to play it smart this time because he got the Cavs kind of cap locked when he got mad at um, Deion Waiters and brought in J.R. Smith. and So he knows the implications of bringing in these players in it because he's pretty savvy about the cap. I don't think – I think that he thought that he'd make a get um, Paul George, but when he couldn't get Paul George – he didn't let him go after anybody else. He's not letting him go after Jimmy Butler. He's not letting him go after Kawhi because he knows it's better to get these players as free agents um, so you don't lock up the cap. On the flip side of that, I think he thought he could have more influence on these players like he did with the Cavs. Because I believe no matter how bad the Cavs got, they looked up to him. Um, they listened to him. They were willing to do whatever he needed and let him guide them. I don't know... <laughs> That this mix of talent, these is Generation like, Z kids ain't they, got no damn respect for nothing, yeah. nobody. Yeah, I think they all think that they're better than. Like, I think Ingram's looking like he's good, but you know, I've been up here averaging twenty before he got here. Rajon Rondo, I won a championship. We beat y'all. We yeah. dominate you. You know what I'm saying? Even Javale McGee has a championship. He's not the only dude out there that's won something, and that's a problem. I I don't know what the Lakers are gonna do because a they 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 gotta fix it they gotta fix it right I mean they need shooting they need somebody that's gonna play some damn defense and I just don't think that Lance Stevenson is like, I do think he's a player that should be on a team but him and Rondo I mean when they were when they signed those two dudes that's just not a dynamic because Rondo is you know everyone talks about how he's a basketball savant he's smart he knows everything on the court but so does LeBron. But if you have if you have players like Rondo, Brandon Ingram, uh, Lance Stevenson, you you bring them in for toughness. But when you it's like the Pistons, when you bring like a Rick Mahorn, this ain't that league like that, anymore. Your whole team, yeah. But your team has to be about that life. Your leader has to be about that life. Like Isaiah Thomas was about that life. Joe Dumar, they were about that life. Like you can't have LeBron wanting to be friends with everybody in the league, and then you have troublemakers like Rondo because not only are they going to frustrate you on the basketball court may or may not be a problem in the locker room but they're also going to complicate a lot of your on the court friendships that you have I mean Rondo just got into a fight with LeBron's best friend like best friend that's his best friend he's spitting his face and so now your best friend is a teammate with the dude that's spitting my right. face yeah <laughs> no that's that's crazy I mean, that's fair that's definitely fair so I don't know what we do to fix it, but um, but without without all that, they still can't shoot the three and they can't defend the three, which they is can't defend the me Congress. right now. That's without all the other yeah, they, stuff. They, <laughs> that's a problem. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen. Uh, I know we're running short on time here, but there are there is there any sleeper teams? I know like we keep asking if there's a league pass team that you're watching every week. Uh, I mean, the NBA is like that; it changes. I think that all of a sudden the Dallas Mavericks just kind of snuck onto my radar because Luka Doncic is fun to watch. So, yeah, I've been um, my new team this week that I've been really on. Looks like a really good team is the Pelicans. I really like what the Pelicans I are doing. I really like that dynamic of Miritich, 
with AD. And then if AD is out, you got Julius Randle coming off the bench. So even when AD is out, you don't lose a lot with Julius Randle. And then when AD is there, you have Julius Randle coming you know, coming into the mix. Last night, Frank Jackson, I don't, I don't know if you guys remember him. He was a number one prospect for Duke who hurt his leg at the beginning of the right, preseason yeah. last year. So they got, yeah, they have him coming back. They're really deep. They're really dynamic, and I think that's a sleeper thing. I think they can easily finish number two in the West. Yes, number two in the West. I think Pelicans can finish number two in the West with a healthy Anthony Davis. Well, I ain't willing to go that far yet, but it's a long season, and we'll see. Um, those of y'all out there, man, learn a little bit, bit about the NBA. Today, we covered the – we briefly, for about 10 seconds, talked about baseball, but we talked WNBA. Next, we're going we're gonna to fit in hockey next, I promise you. We're going to find a way to do it. I'm going to educate Beatty on hockey. Um, and we're going to be... You know, I used to I used to watch hockey. My grandpa, he used to sit in this chair and he would watch baseball and hockey games. So I'm not opposed to watching hockey games. It's really more of, at this time of my life, if I'm not committed to like a team or it's not involving fantasy, I can't watch it. So I don't really watch a lot of baseball and hockey just because I'm not you know, committed. I don't have any interest in any teams or any players. Football, even when I don't want to watch it, I'll watch it because of fantasy, basketball, fantasy, and because I love basketball. But if I'm not committed to it, then I just don't really have time for it. So we cover the WNBA, the MLB. Which I apologize for. We I'm just want we want to be a real a well rounded show. So that's what we're working on, you know what I mean? Okay. Well, actually, we were actually trying to dial it back and go more just NBA. So I don't know how we end up talking about like because <laughs> <laughs> we're we're really supposed to be spending like forty five minutes. We need on to the get NBA a damn game plan to together. Like, damn it! Yeah, we really don't. We really don't do well Structure. without like pre show yeah. notes. <laughs> so we got to get back to that. All right, y'all. That's it. That's all. Um, Beatty and I need to take a picture so that we can get the Facebook going. But we don't like each other like that, so we haven't. Uh, you, yeah, we're gonna update the uh the the twitters and the uh what else are we on Instagram, Instagram, Twitter. I don't even know if you've been on Twitter. And then we have oh, a you Gmail. know I ain't been on Twitter, but Instagram, yeah, I know. So Instagram is really what we've been on, but we're working on working on that. So you can catch us on Instagram at two number two smart dummies. That's D U M M I E S. Um, on Twitter. Two smart dummies. You can also hit us up on the email if you have a long list of reasons why you hate the show or love the show at smart dummies number two is backwards at gmail.com and let us know what you think. That's it. That's all, folks. Enjoy your week. Watch some basketball and we'll talk about it next week. Peace. Peace.